Hi, I'm Mara Webster within Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be joined by the wonderful Lily James to talk all about her series, Pam and Tommy. And, you know, I, I wanted to talk about the, the extensive research, preparation, character development process that you went through, because there's so many different layers and, and elements to it, you know, and kind of starting with, you know, I know that you were very conscientious of, of finding the voice of, of Pam and really studying her interviews extensively, reading a lot of her books, a lot of her poetry, um, you know, and even to the point of watching a lot of interviews and then kind of mimicking along with them to capture that speed, the energy, the vivacity, you know, and what that specific tone of her voice was. And I was really interested in in just what that looked like and, and what the specific characteristics were that you really found along the way that was so important for you to bring, not just to the front-facing moments, but a lot of the moments behind the scenes in terms of her voice. Well, um, everything is a clue. Um, you know, when you're, what I've discovered playing a real person, but also just within a script of who someone is and, why they do what they do or how the, in turn that makes you believe that they would behave just in any given moment beyond the lines, just how they exist. And so getting to be able to watch Pamela um, and do all this research was just so not only um, really enriching because I've, I just really do think how she holds herself and how she exists, particularly, you know, in interviews and in those sorts of environments is really inspiring and brave and kind of anarchic in its own way. And um, and beyond that, just to sort of um, be able to have such resources to for my interpretation of her and um, to try and do her justice. And I guess the things I found, you know, this we obviously and luckily were just looking at such a short window of time, which meant I could be really specific about um, this moment for Pamela and, and go really specific on the interviews I watched. And I think just her physicality and the speed with which she spoke and trying to chime in because she, to the pitch of her voice, I found the note on the piano and sort of almost had to learn it like a song because I'm actually quite high. Anyway, it was just sort of like juggling to try and make, to try and sort of completely transform your voice, but also keep it feeling like, real and rooted um so yeah noticing the rhythms in which someone speaks and when they breathe and when they laugh and when they sort of uh, make fun of themselves or um or when they get feisty just all that stuff was just such useful um characteristics to play with yeah. And you're talking there, obviously, as well about a lot of the, the mannerisms and, and the movement. And that's such a key component to your performance, like literally even down to the way that you're holding your hands and, you know, your fingers are kind of like fairly splayed a lot of the time. There's a real fluidity in motion mm. um, in her as well throughout your performance. Um, and so what were the most important aspects of, of those sorts of mannerisms that really came into the physicality? Because you were doing a lot of that prep before you even had the physical elements of the hair, the makeup, right. the prosthetics to lean into. Yeah, that's fine. Actually, I have like a billion. Actually, I just had this very therapeutic sort of like cleansing on my phone of all the videos and interviews, and like I notated all her interviews, and I sort of like, wow, I still have them there. So I kind of like let shed shed it. But um, oh, I went off on a tangent there. Oh, you know, one of the big things was that like she, how her jaw is, is like I kind of constantly had my jaw because I have a really quite obvious overbite and she has kind of more of an underbite and it kind of gives her amazing like lips and that kind of thing so I always have my jaw in that position um 
but yeah, it, it, I, I, so I have some funny videos where I'm trying to do it, but without the, the sort of prosthetic I had on and the hair and the t eyes and the teeth and the boobs, and I, it sort of doesn't quite work. <laughs> so I think that's partly why I was panicking so much up until filming, because you really needed the whole, like it was like a jigsaw puzzle and you really needed the whole thing for it to sort of slot into place. And I mean, one of, one of the elements of that physical transformation as well that I think is really underestimated is the technicality that comes with working with a lot of prosthetics. You know, when you've got teeth in your mouth, um, you know, for a role that that makes your tongue move differently and you have to mm -hmm. kind of recalibrate the speech even beyond that. You know, mm -hmm. even having to wear contact lenses, I know, affected your vision a little bit. And yet you still need to be so present in terms of eye contact within scenes and where you're focusing in on. And so what was what was that part of it like in terms of just understanding the technicality of working with the prosthetics for your performance for everything that you built up to that point well everything that initially was difficult just became my anchors later on because it just became these rooted ways that I suddenly felt like I was in in my version of Pamela and um so but the teeth it was really hard to articulate all about my I found that the key to doing my version of voice of Pamela was articulation and, and consonants. And that was even harder when I put the teeth in. So I had to sort of go back to, um, for, to scratch when I suddenly was doing it with the teeth in the eye, like you, you can't see very well out of context. So Sebastian has the most piercing blue eyes in the world and he put these brown contacts on and I put blue ones on. So I sometimes felt we were going, where are you? Um, <laughs> and they like to pump loads of like Atmos, you know, the kind of like dry ice sort of smoke into the room. So that coupled with contacts was, um, yeah, <laughs> blind leading the blind. And then also um, I had a forehead piece on that attached just above my eyebrow. That was my main prosthetic. And I'm really expressive. I'm always like moving my forehead around. And so that kind of limited that movement, which actually ended up, because I was sort of worried I wouldn't be expressive with that on, but actually it did move with me. And also it just more mimicked her face. So it just was again, useful in the end rather than unuseful. And obviously you were mentioning before that there is, you know, fortunately such a wealth of, of direct information, you know, there's biographical text that you had that you were able to read, but in terms of the media landscape and a lot of the way that she was written about at the time, I was interested in if and where that was useful to you, because obviously the way that she was written about was through a specific lens, through, you know, an objective kind of placing her in certain boxes and so was it helpful to look at that and kind of take the subjectivity from it or was it slightly less useful in just wanting to focus very much on her voice and, and her individual perspective and the way that she tells her story yeah that was the most useful for sure because sometimes I would watch some interviews and I would just be like fuming and so shocked at like the like obvious like sexism and like like hosts like struggling to get like a microphone on so they could like linger by your, and it, we've all seen it. I mean, but it was more, I think obvious then, or at least more like acceptable. Um, and so sometimes that was like that, that lens of like not, and I never believe the narrative that the media spread. I mean, it's like completely useless when it comes to finding the truth. So, um, so I, but I did, I found there's her books she wrote that are semi-autobiographical. They're about a fictional character called Star, but even Pamela says, you know, basically it's her. Um, <laughs> uh, and, or at least a lot of her own experiences. So that was really useful. And, and this amazing book she wrote, um, she, she kind of, it's a compiled, collect, a collection of her 
um, of like diary entries, poetry and pictures called Raw. And just hearing someone's internal monologue or the ways they express themselves through art that feels very personal, um, a connection to sort of nature and the ocean and like these things were the things that I um, use more, much more than any sort of like commentary piece I read about her or um, anything in the, in the mainstream media. And and obviously, you know, well, it, the story being told through the series, like you said, is over a fairly short span of time in terms of the number of years. But at the same time, you do get to have some of those scenes of, you know, the moment that she was discovered, her entry into the industry, and to look at that version versus who she is after, you know, being in the industry for a few years and being subjective to a lot of that media attention and the way that she's been placed within the industry. Um, and so what were the benefits that really came with not just researching those parts of her life, but also getting to really play it out and feel it and embody it when it came to a lot of the later scenes yeah it was so cool it was like doing her origin story <laughs> it was like I was like itching to get to that bit and to explore and it was really late on in the schedule unfortunately but I loved those moments so much and there's there were many more than ended up being in that episode and many more in the script that we ended up we shot stuff that wasn't in there so I was sort of almost wish there was more time to explore you know where she came from and what made her who who she is in our you know as best as we can sort of decipher or decide and um uh but I love doing that there's an amazing interview I found of her and she, she's doing I forget what the movie is called but she's back she's back on a film set doing sort of an EPK and she's got her dog with her and her dog star and Star's going mental, but she doesn't want Star to not be sat with her during the inter interview. And then finally they take Star away. And it's the film where she has like an evil twin at the end. And I, I can't remember what the film's called. Anyway, she talks about being discovered and it's just, there's this like, you know, what I and I, I sort of recognize as this sort of like glee and disbelief. And I mean, cause it's such an old Hollywood story to be picked up out of a camera, a football stadium. I mean, it's like what the American dream, like what we all, what every kind of movie star story wants to begin like. So to get to play out something so kind of iconic um, was, yeah, it felt like movie legend, you know? <laughs> It does. And, and then in terms of the relationship between her and Tommy that you get to play throughout the series as well, there's such a there's such an extensive arc in terms of what that is. It's what's that electricity, that real chemistry that just exists between them in the first moment that they meet, the romanticism of being newlyweds, and then obviously everything that, that follows to the point of her walking away from that relationship because of everything that's happened externally around the two of them and just not being able to be in that space anymore for herself. Um, and so how, when you were kind of going episode by episode how did you want to calibrate in each episode in each scene the dynamic of that relationship in terms of of building those moments where they're just falling more and more in love with each other and then just the moment where it's not about falling out of love but there's just too many obstacles for them to move past well um I suppose you know in reality their relationship spanned a much long time and they went back and forth so ours is a very much like um sort of based on version of what happened in condensed um, sort of timeline. But, um, but the scripts were, you know, really brilliantly written. I mean, the way they charted that and the way the subtleties that, that sort of, and also it just felt so relatable. I mean, yes, they are the, some of the biggest sort of recognizable faces on the planet and a huge rock star and one of the biggest sort of icons of the time. And, but, um with Pamela but I I 
the sort of like when outside things come in on your relationship, outside pressures and it starts tearing you apart and everything just feels like you cannot cope. And um, it feels like, at first of all, I think it's, first of all, I felt like it was them against the world. Like when love feels like you can take on anything and then it feels like the world against them and, and, and the fact that you can't really, it just felt so, I just understood it so much on like just a personal, like kind of, you know, human level. So Sebastian and I were just able to really lean into our imaginations and, and the scripts, which sort of explored that um, sort of heartbreaking <laughs> relationship, um, it, it, you know, to its full, I suppose. And it sounds like Sebastian, you know, kind of was very much on a par in terms of the level of, of research and prep. And you both kind of really came to the table with several months of work behind you. And even to the point where you really only met once or twice as one another before you were then just in costume and in prosthetics throughout the entire shoot with each other. Um, how did that really help when you were filming scenes? Because obviously at that point, you both know these characters, you know what this dynamic's gonna be. You know that your scene partner is bringing just as much to the table as you are with a very similar approach and so there's this ability to kind of come in incredibly prepared but also to have that that element of play that you really need to find a lot of those spontaneous moments particularly when you're playing two characters like this it was really electric like honestly I've never experienced I guess because of all the work we did and because like I do feel we came at it with a similar level of um what a complete similar level of, of passion and commitment and um, our, in, our, in, our um, motives for wanting to be a part of it and intention to really try as best we could to take care of these people and, and do them justice and, um, and be honest and, and open-hearted. And um, it meant that we were really safe with each other, really wanting to like push the boundaries and, Sebastian was so good at challenging me in that sense of like as an actor it's best when you're out of control and when you don't know what's going to happen next and when you could go drastically wrong but maybe the wrong is the right and he was really good as was Craig Gillespie as was then all our amazing directors we had really allowing us the space to play and be brave and um and that was the biggest challenge actually was that because you are playing a real person and because there's sort of that feels you you self-inflict confines and there are because there's ways that the character responds but you also want on the, the person responds but then there's also a sense of just wanting to throw caution to the wind and just like go for it based purely on whatever that intuition or impulse is and I think it was best when you did do that because it just makes it feel more like real people people and somehow because of the work we did we had to trust that it would still be within the realms of of you know the person and the character that we created so but it was difficult I think Sebastian was better at pushing me um, <laughs> but it meant and I think maybe I did things for him too but it was like it was really it was a really great partnership and I'm I'm so grateful for that um it's, it's also interesting with Pamela as well, you know, we were talking before about kind of the energy and the electricity and, and a lot of that kind of fluidity of motion. 
And at the same time, there's also a lot of moments, especially, you know, once the tape is released, once she's sitting in deposition rooms, once she's sitting in front of Tommy and saying, I can't be in this relationship anymore, where there's actually a real kind of stoicness and stillness. And she's really kind of just holding everything inside a lot more in a different way, rather than expressing externally as freely. Um, and so how did you find that, that the physicality of that really changed for you episode by episode um, in her having a lot more of those moments where it's just becoming more and more internalized and more and more still in the midst of a storm around her? Yeah, I think, again, that was very much decisions I made with the directors. Hannah Fidel, who did that episode, was amazing. Um, and we were exploring, you know, how women or how you know, one, any human would react in those circumstances with that level of sort of um, violation or and the trauma and the thing and, and, and what your reaction may be. And we landed in a place with the writers too about what we imagine that would be. And um, I think that there's so much you have to take on and internalize. And if you've got cameras in front of you the whole time, beyond this experience of being in a deposition before, but just in general, as a person in the public eye, there's so much you have to like not show or hide or put a brave face or, and what that must be like in the exhaustion. And, and that's, um, and, and how that would just go in. And there's such a power and a strength in, in Pamela that I, um, I really wanted to try and explore and the writers did and um yeah and again that felt like it went into a very kind of um, like a human experience way rather than very isolated to this particular story um yeah, you know, with, with the fact you're bringing up Hannah Fidel, who directed the deposition episode there, I've also heard you talk very specifically about in working with her as one of the directors in that she was really helpful in helping you to calibrate kind of when to give a little bit more, when to kind of express a bit more, to go a little bit bigger with certain choices and when to really pull things back. Was that something that was kind of very specific to a lot of the nuances of that episode or was that something that you were also working with the other directors on in a lot of the other scenes? Yeah, it, it, it was, there was common themes throughout it all. I mean, Craig really wanted to get like this kind of tomboyish, like goofy, like kind of like behind the cameras, like or, like he was always saying, take the makeup off her, take the makeup off her. Um, I really wanted to get, capture something. I think Lake was like, there's this badass kind of like how she deals with her shit and like um, kind of like inner like woman lioness. And then with Lake, um, and then also at the end with Gwyneth of fragility and then like being pregnant. And then with, with, with Hannah, you know, at times in that deposition scene, like in that episode, I was really sat there as the only woman around a table of men who were saying like, it, there's a point where it just feels like it's happening to you and saying, you know, all these awful, like, you know, like just the, the worst things you could ever hear coming out of someone's mouth directed in your face and no one is standing up for you. And you're like, at times, there are takes when I'm just like screaming and crying because I can't hold it in. Um, but very rarely they're the takes that get used because I guess maybe cinematically or as the power of, of what we were exploring, it's, it, it worked better held. Um, but, you know, that's what's amazing as a director and an editor is you get the chance to sort of like explore all these different colors that oftentimes you bring in different takes and and finesse this storyline. It's why I want to like produce more because I just would find and and sort of maybe direct one day because I would find that shaping of 
of of a, of how one particular scene can go just fascinating I, re- I really, really love that, you know, and, and also in terms of, of different directions that things could have taken for you as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, this series as a whole is such an exploration of a very specific type of trauma mm-hmm. and there was no roadmap. You know, the internet didn't exist. This hadn't really happened to anybody else. And even within her own relationship, you know, Tommy was revered and she was completely slut shamed. So they were having very different experiences of what this meant to mm-hmm. the two of them. And she even says that out loud. It's like, you can't understand what this is. And mm-hmm. she's experienced small you know elements of it before from the media but versions of it constantly but this is just such a huge yeah and so in terms of kind of figuring out the the specific elements of of that sort of trauma because there wasn't a roadmap and it's it's so specific to this story on such a you know magnitude in terms of the level was it a case of of kind of like looking at the big picture of that or kind of breaking down the different elements of it like this is the trauma of like your partner not being able to understand and not having anyone to talk to this is the trauma of you know the public eye following you and just all those little smaller pieces to build it up yeah to be honest I just I just work through the script in such sort of detail and take it like scene by scene moment by moment event by event because and and really try and imagine what it would feel like based on stuff I've experienced myself in my life of being public eye or imagining it and making it feel like a real visceral event. So I'm connecting to it on a very emotional level. It's not theoretical. It's not this happened to someone else. It's like it feeling like this happened to me. Um, this case, I'm just describing acting. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> like idiot's guy to acting no um but I think that in turn is just it becomes very obvious like the specificity of 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 this sort of like event unfolding um and one of the sort of larger themes I was so interested in exploring was this like foreshadowing of um where we've got to now like the birth of the internet which has just allowed this like this anonymity which means that we can be so brutal and and desensitized and you see that happening this desensitization of like these are real people and what's you know and how we're treating them and how they're being used and and destroyed and and shamed and it's just um I was just like wow you see it happen in that moment and this like blissful sort of innocence before the internet and then it's like we've been on this like tripped out fast forward right until we've got to this point and um I think it asks us all a lot of questions about our culpability within that and um yeah it it does and and it's also so clear in in the way that you always talk about this role in this project that you know it comes from a real place of care for the character that you're playing and you know I feel like a lot of the people that you've worked with kind of describe you very much as like a custodian of, of the way that you told this story and even before you were filming it sounds like there were a lot of conversations about making sure that you every every single person really took that care and told this story in the right way and so for you in kind of being that custodian of this this character within this story what were the elements that you were kind of either really fighting for, pushing for, or just that were really important for you to tell in a, in a particular way? Um, well, many on sort of deep, on like day-to-day levels. I have to say I work with the writers particularly, and uh, there was a, a Rob Siegel and DV, but DV I would speak to sort of on a daily basis and they were really, un- they were really collaborative and, and really listened to me, which is just like such a gift because I wasn't a producer, but 
I really, and I felt like my voice was so, so important. I mean, I was the one, I researched her, I'm the woman in this piece and I needed to be listened to in my, and I was right in the, I felt most of the time. And and I guess there was a, 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 you know, this piece starts off in a more of a salacious manner, but I really never wanted there to be any sex that felt really exploitative or, you know, focused on Pamela or a sense of that, um, you know, of finding that right balance. And it was, I talk, I, t- I spoke in great depth with Lake and Hannah and Gwen about, and Craig, uh, like all of us spoke about, you know, how to do this, you know, completely from, you know, the right, with the right objective in mind and the right, you know, um, with this compassion and taking, and, and Pam is the hero of this piece, like looking at what happened to her and her strength and, and sort of like exploring that and looking at the true story of this crime that, that took place and just reminding right. ourselves that constantly. But um, yeah, and, and seeing how we've let people down, let women like, let, like, like on so many occasions and um, sort of trying to, I don't know, yeah for that and I love that also if you know you didn't just start inhabiting the character once you started playing her on camera that there were kind of elements that you started taking out into the world to have that experience and see how people were responding to it but also just to kind of really live and breathe as her you know having a blonde wig that you went out in taking aspects of of the accent and the dialect and what were some of the things that you feel like ended up in the character and in your performance from that experience of just taking little elements out into the real world yeah, I mean, I, I definitely couldn't have done this without doing those things because it was just like, I couldn't be like, oh, I am Lily. And then be like, boom. And like, <laughs> now it, it feels so alien to me already. And I, I honestly, every day thought that I was like not getting it, you know? And so that was this constant like voice in my head that was like, every, like I never, ever stopped. Like, I think the second to last week, I was like, I think I've, I think I've realized her voice, it's this. And like completely like had a different approach to how to speak like her. And it was, and I'm sure the difference is so minute, no one would ever notice, but it was constant. And even in ADR, I wanted to correct a lot, you know, when we do the additional dialogue record at the end. And, um, but yeah, I bought this like blonde wig. Um, I literally padded up my bra. <laughs> um, I did like three hour Zooms with my and my acting coach this guy Martin Ledworth who's amazing um just as Pamela I would like you know draw pencil in the eyebrows and um yeah and noticing reactions um living in a sort of different space physically and energetically and and like just experiencing that like constantly rather than trying to like switch in and out was was pretty useful for me yeah. And obviously, I mean, it was an incredibly taxing process in terms of telling the story and, you know, added on to regular production hours, the several hours of, of going through hair and makeup prosthetics every single day as well. You know, and so rightfully so, I think you've mentioned that you did feel quite burnt out at the end of this. But was there a real satisfaction in feeling that way and just knowing that with the level of dedication and care that you took in playing this role that you didn't feel like you left anything on the table that maybe you could have tried or could have done? Well, I always, unfortunately, the curse, I think, of, of, of maybe being an actor or whatever, or being a perfectionist or beating yourself up as I feel like there's so much more I could have done and so much like, you know, there's always, and I think when you care deeply and passionately about something you, and particularly because it's a real person, there's so much I, I, I would love to have maybe done differently or explored or, you know, and there was a constant sort of like internal 
like mayhem inside of myself doing this but I I definitely know that I did everything I could at the time and I um um and it was such a rush like such a rush it took me a long time to come down um and uh, and it sort of shifted how I feel about work in a sense so it's been quite a sort of transformative experience for me and job on many levels and as much as there was that transformation stepping into the character that's also part of the process especially when you're kind of like living so in depth in a character as you were with this where to you know during production it was pretty much every moment that you were awake you were in character as Pamela up to that point and so what was that that journey and that transition of kind of stepping out of her at the end because it's not something that just happens overnight it's little piece by little piece you know even just holding on to that voice for several months and finding yeah. out find your own voice again and step back into that yeah such a screwed up <laughs> process <laughs> the more and more I'm like where's no longer not reason why we're all so screwed up no um I am um, yeah I think that you you just have to be patient with yourself because it take it does take quite a while to sort of break the rhythms of that of working in that way the intensity of working in that way and look god we're just going and playing and being actors we're not doing anything like we're not um <laughs> too taxing however I, I guess emotionally and um and the hours are so long and you just you do feel really burnt out and your no your nervous system is just like shot to shit it's just like doesn't know it's coming or going and I felt like a real wreck at the end of it but um uh but it's also just the most rewarding experience I mean getting to work with like directors like that and scripts like that and actors like that it's just you know it's um it's a treasure <laughs> and I'm so grateful um but yeah you definitely need to let things go um and that takes that takes its own time it's different for every character I think um and at times I've been less successful at doing it and I think it's quite um, can be quite worrying when you realize you're responding as a character or acting out in a certain way that doesn't feel completely you um it's like an inherited behavior but not that I'm making excuses but you know yeah <laughs> I mean it's it's an amazing team that came together in, in telling this story and your performance is really astounding so hugely yeah. hugely appreciate you talking about it thank you so much Lily thank you so much yeah I appreciate it it's really great to talk to you